This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm lead pastor here at Cornerstone, and I am joined by Shane Roethlisberger. Shane, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great. It's okay. really good to be here, Mark. Glad to have you. So we have done a podcast like this before, Shane. We did one with Troy. We're going to be doing this with several other of our elders at Cornerstone. And this is like meet an elder. It's kind of like when you have one of those days at school where you bring in the celebrities, you're the celebrity, and we're here to meet you. And really the purpose is actually to de-celebritize, to actually like help Please. people in the congregation broadly get to know who are our elders and how do we work in plurality and kind of what does that look like at Cornerstone? So I have five questions for you. We're going to get to those, but before we do, I want you to give people a general bio. Where are you from? What's your family like? What do you do for fun? So give us the Shane Roethlisberger kind of quick hit bio. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm from far Northeast Iowa. I think it's the most aesthetically pleasing part of the state of Iowa. It's beautiful it's up beautiful. there. But came from true. a really small town uh, in the far Northeast corner of the state. Um, my wife, Michelle, and I are high school sweethearts. So closing in on 17 years of marriage. And uh, we have. A, a host of children. We, do. <laughs> we have <laughs> we have five biological and two adopted, and we're working on finishing up a, a third adoption here. So, um, so that'll be eight kids, ranging from our oldest is fourteen, and then our youngest we call them the triplets. It's three six-year-olds, and they're September, October, November birthdays. So, wow. yeah, it's a pretty wild uh, household, and yeah, we've lived here in Ames for a little over ten years. I've been pastoring for. Uh, about 15 and a half years or so, but I've been here at Cornerstone for a little over 10. So I asked, what do you do for fun? So when you have triplet six-year-olds, what do you do for fun? There there are no hobbies, Mark, let's be honest, okay? I don't don't know what a hobby would be. Uh, And and maybe the one thing that we do consistently outside the home is my wife and I both drank the CrossFit Kool-Aid. That is true. um, And that's, that's... a little bit of exercise to, uh, I don't know, kind of keep our sanity. So we do that together. But it's it's mostly pain and suffering, so I don't really— No, it's not it's fun. Not, it's not fun, no. Not the way we you We like think the people, but no, it's, it's mostly miserable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Shane, I got five questions for you, brother. Five um, that will help people get to know you, but also even some of what you're thinking about for our church and leadership mm-hmm. here. So we're going to start with this one. I ask everybody this question. How did you come to faith in Christ? Yeah. The Lord was very kind to me, Mark, in the family that I was placed in. So I have a mom and dad who um, both love Jesus a lot. Um, They both came to faith uh, as adults, and, uh, um, and they just sought to raise me and my two sisters to know and love Jesus. And so uh, they've both been just a real picture of faithfulness. And so I think I was six years old. My mom had had come in to kind of do bedtime prayers, a regular routine for us. And uh, I just asked her, how do you ask Jesus into your heart? That was the language that I, that was familiar with me at the time through, I think, you know, Sunday school and and. Uh, camp and those sorts of things. Awana, we were in, yep. in Awana. And um, and so she led me to trust in Jesus and uh, really was 
yeah, raised in a, in a faithful home and in a good, solid church uh, up there in, in Northeast Iowa. Really, um, when, I, when I hit college, um, I had not—it wasn't a crisis of faith. It was more of an affirmation of faith. We went through some, some pretty difficult things. One, when I, when I went to college, I'd been on college campus for a week— and 9/11 hit. Oh my goodness! And I was a I was yeah. already homesick, and and then it wasn't that long after that my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and so it was kind of all of a sudden some big questions uh, started you know hitting me all at once, and um, through that, uh, Lord the Lord just um, affirmed my faith and and His goodness, and um, I was here at Cornerstone, and so I was uh, really being uh, equipped through the Salt Company, and um, yeah, and eventually he led me into vocational ministry. Didn't see that one coming, but that's where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Okay, three people, if you had to pick them, who have most influenced and shaped your faith, and just a little tidbit of why. Yeah, so uh, I, I got to start with my dad. Um Again, I already mentioned just a just a picture of of faithfulness. Um, he and my mom married for forty five years, and uh, wow. so he's he's treated her well, and he sought to lead us kids really humbly and faithfully. He reads his Bible regularly. He's memorized a ton of scripture. He's led in our local church uh, back in Northeast Iowa, and so great picture um, of, of faithfulness there. Uh, next one, my my friend Mike Easton. So Mike's actually our global ministries um, director here at Cornerstone, and he and I have known each other for gosh almost thirty years. Like we went to Awana together as little kids, and um, really started to become close friends in high school. Eventually, uh, he and Emily their their wedding was the first wedding I officiated, and uh, he was the best man in my wedding. And so uh, Mike's just kind of been one of those guys who's always kind of been a cheerleader for me and an exhorter for me, um, has always set a pace in, in his memorization of scripture, his love of prayer, things that I was never particularly good at, but he was always, you know, kind of out, outpacing me in and, um, yeah, just been a really dear friend and, and has modeled a, a, you know, authentic love for Jesus. And then also, um, actually, uh, I'll, I'll kind of lump them into one. So Troy and Jeff, uh, Troy Nesbitt and Jeff Dodge, um, pastors here for a very long time. Uh, both were very instrumental in helping me grow as a leader when I moved to to Ames back in 2010. Troy really more as a as a leader and a pastor in my life, mm-hmm. um, helping me grow as a leader and helping me grow as a as a pastor. And then I think Jeff really was just a, he he was a friend uh, uh, to me, and so um, um, kind of always felt like I could you know, stop in his office and just have a friendly conversation. And so both of those guys were, were great encouragement uh, and continue to be, you know, a great encouragement to me. Okay, so you have already mentioned, Shane, you have a flock of children. <laughs> you have seven, potentially Lord willing, soon eight on the way through adoption, and you already had five biological kids. So I just want to be honest with you, with those listening— <laughs> Um, I have three children, and I feel like I am trying to be faithful. And um, five kids and then adopting another three feels like um, 
crazy? Well, it feels a little like you were sitting there drowning, and then someone threw some babies at you. And so, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a pretty good description. How and why do you and Michelle pursue this path of adoption? Like, what's the spark in it? And just talk some about that process for you guys, because it's a huge part of your story of faith and your story of what it looks yeah. like to follow Jesus. Yeah, it really is a, a big part and sometimes an overwhelming part. <laughs> but uh, so my wife had always, um, I mean, for a very long time, even before we were dating, had just kind of had this thought, oh, I'd love to adopt someday. My wife was actually born in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Her parents were missionaries there. And, uh, and so she always kind of thought it would be really cool to adopt from, you know, the, the place where she was uh, born, but it wasn't really wasn't necessarily rooted in like a deep seated James one twenty seven kind of conviction. It was uh, just this would be kind of a cool thing to do, and so those seeds she kind of dropped those seeds all throughout the early years of our marriage, and eventually um, we got to a place where we decided, you know what, let's actually let's actually explore this a little bit. Part of being here at Cornerstone was there's uh, an incredible culture of adoption and foster care that had been established here. I think to date, we're, there's close been close to 100 children that oh, have been incredible. adopted wow. uh, by families here at Cornerstone. And so certainly, you know, Troy and Pam kind of kind of helped start that that culture. And uh, and so we we began thinking, well, why, what if we explore this a little bit and through that, the Lord closed some doors, particularly doors in, in Haiti, and then eventually led us to to Africa and to the Central African Republic and eventually um, connected us with uh, these two little um, two little orphans. Parents were all deceased and they were in pretty dire dire condition and uh, um, yeah, through a host of circumstances we were able to bring uh, Tony and Solange into our home and um, yeah, so <laughs> we can do a whole podcast yeah. on that one. And, but, <laughs> and honestly, you probably should at some point, talking through the wisdom of that. So I wanted to follow up on that because so I grew up, um, I have adopted siblings. Mm-hmm. And um, it shapes the way I think about a lot of things, mm. about the way I see about adoption. Do you think everybody should adopt? Like, is is the New Testament telling us as Christians, you need to adopt? Like, I know you have to pastor people through this a lot, yeah. so— Walk us through a little of how you talk about that with yeah. people. Uh, the answer is no. I don't think everyone should adopt. I think everyone should have a heart for adoption. Uh, the Lord says, uh, you know, James says that uh, that uh, religion that God our Father considers uh, pure and blameless is this: to look after widows and orphans in their distress. And so that's part of the call of the church. Adoption is hard. The process is yes. hard. Yes. It's expensive. It's uncertain. It is filled with emotional highs and emotional lows. And that's all before children ever come into mm-hmm. the home. Um, and so, and then that embarks you know, on a whole new you know, journey, as you can you know, attest to in the home that you grew up in. And, um, and so, um, so I, I do think that um, the church is certainly called to come around and to affirm and to equip and even help hold accountable families that uh, that the Lord is feeling called in that direction. But um, but I really do. I, I, I consistently encourage families who are considering adoption to hey before you would ever start down that road, meet with a pastor, meet with a trusted friend, and say hey 
just examine our marriage, examine our household. Do you think this is a wise idea? And the answer might actually be no. That doesn't mean that that ends their journey in in uh, partnering with the Lord and what he's doing to care for orphans, but it does um, possibly mean, but, but it may not be in the best interest of that child to be in your home. You may be called to come alongside another family uh, in mm. that. So, uh, again, could be a whole could be a whole podcast, and there's a lot of a, a lot more dynamics to that. But yeah, we're gonna put that one down to circle back <laughs> to because there is something about the story of what God's done with foster care, adoptive work inside the life of Cornerstone Church. That's something that I want to make sure to to tell because I do think there's probably somebody who's listening to this that that's gonna stir something in them, and we want to say, hey, let's let's ask the question: What is stirring, and what does God want to do in expressing that? Okay, these next two, last two questions, Shane. You're doing well. Three out of five done. Um, have to do with turning the page from 2020 to 2021. We've talked a lot about that, the kind of dimmer switch of light coming back on in 2021. But we've just talked even personally, like, okay, what are some of the goals and habits that we have where we want to grow in godliness? And so I'm going to start with the personal question first. Where are you, Shane Roethlisberger, like thinking, I think 2021, I want to see growth in these areas in my life. could be a spiritual discipline, could be renewing a habit. Like me, I, I want to bench press over 300 pounds. <laughs> that's a joke for all of you listening. Shane is the one who crossed it. <laughs> that's why he just laughed immediately. You didn't affirm me at all, Shane. You just you gotta, you gotta have good friends that help, help rein in. Yeah. <laughs> Unrealistic dreams. <laughs> That's no. absolutely true. Okay, so Shane, but for you, really, yeah. what are you thinking? What do you want to grow in in 2021? Yeah, in, you know, when 2020 um, started out, I I had a couple of goals early on. One was I was actually getting completely off of social media, and two, I was going to read a lot more. I I don't particularly. I'm not a great reader. Um, I read what people tell me I need to read or occasionally will read something for enjoyment, but it's pretty rare. So, but I've always been blessed when I actually undergo that discipline. So I started 2020 and I'm telling you, Mark, the first like two and a half months being off social media. And I think I read like maybe five books in, in that first two months. I, I felt so energized. I had I felt like I had a lot of mental clarity. I even had margin mentally and emotionally where I could dream and plan. And uh, and so that was pretty exciting for me. And then middle of March hits. And as we all know, that's really when 2020 started. Um, and, and so... Uh, and, and I was very quickly sucked back into the social media world, trying to keep up with, you know, COVID and, and social issues and justice issues and all, just all of that. And um, and really, you know, let go of my discipline of reading. And um, so, I, I starting twenty twenty one, reflecting back on on twenty twenty, that really is something I've tried to re engage. We're only. You know, we're recording this on January 18th, so we're, you know, two and a half weeks into it. Um, but again, I'm I, I'm enjoying the mental space uh, and just shutting out some of that social media noise and clutter in my mind and uh, digging, into, digging into some good books. It's so, awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. This year, we're going to flip the question. Mm-hmm. So we went Shane the person. Let's go Shane the pastor. Mm-hmm. You're a pastor at Cornerstone. You're an elder on our team. And you're looking out at the congregation, at the people, at the marriages, at the families. 
What are some of the thoughts you have that you want us to grow in in 2021? Yeah. So um, let me start with uh, marriage is kind of one of the first things that come to mind. Uh, and specifically, in I think the most successful marriages that I know are ones where there's a real uh there's a real friendship that has been cultivated among husband and wife. And, um, and I think, you know, in 2020, there were, it was difficult for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons um, where marriage didn't, ha- doesn't have a culture of friendship. Um, I, I, I suspect 2020 was very difficult. Lots of time at home, lots of tension, just a real struggle. Well, um, for some couples, friendship comes really naturally. For others, it's really hard work, but it is attainable for for all, I believe. And so, um, I would love to see that. And honestly, yeah. uh, it, it connects a little bit back to your question about adoption. And um, that is uh, that's one of the first questions I actually ask couples who are considering adoption. Um, I just say, "Hey, how how much do you like your spouse?" <laughs> like, cool. You know, like, and, and it's getting at that concept yes. of friendship because, um, man, when you're walking side by side with a best friend, it's a lot easier to roll with the punches, a lot easier to navigate the d- dynamics of life. So cultivating friendship in marriage, um, I, I think that leads a little bit to parenting. And um, I, I think we have a lot of passive and joyless parenting in our culture today. And so those are two things I'm pretty passionate about is um, helping us move from passivity to intentionality in the way that we parent. Uh, As a father, I specifically want to exhort the fathers in that, um, the power that they hold to come into a household and breathe uh, intentionality and joy into the home. Um, And so, I mentioned joyless parenting. Um, I, I think that in homes where we take ourselves too seriously, it's the it's the surest way to hijack our joy and, and to, to hijack a culture of joy in our homes. And so uh, certainly that. And then I think zooming out of kind of the nuclear family, just more to the church family, uh, kind of an obvious one is just fostering biblical gospel-centered community. Um, our, I think our church is longing for it. I think every human being is longing for it. Even the most introverted among us is um, know that this last year is not the way things are supposed to be. And so um, we, we, have to, we have to acknowledge that we've probably acquired some bad habits in this last year, and, um, and we're going to have to fight against those so both inside the church and even in our opportunities to be faithful, uh, engaging neighbors with the people around us, uh, I think we have incredible opportunity as we pursue meaningful community um, mm. with believer and unbeliever alike. Well, Shane, um, you answered the five questions well. Excellent job on the podcast, but more than that, I know I speak for a lot of people in the church that you've been a pastor to me and to a lot of us. And so thanks for just the faithful example that you have of how you walk with Christ, how you shepherd your family, how you lead as an elder in our church. And it's a delight to lead with you, brother. I love you and really, really thankful for you. Right back at you, Mark. Glad to be on here.